2: You want to live an inspired and fulfilling life? Maybe there are a few things that you need to get you there. Welcome to What Matters with your host, Mary Beth Lodge. In today's world of distractions, we can get overwhelmed with day to day responsibilities that keep us busy, frustrated, and confused. With an emphasis on the power of the mind and drawing on the fields of personal health, education, neuroscience, business, and spirituality, we'll discuss practical strategies to help you stay focused on your priorities, choices, and results. Now, here is Mary Beth Lodge.
0: Good morning. Thank you for joining me today on What Matters. And how are you today? You know, today, I'm going to challenge you to make a difference I'm going to ask you to find the motivation to make a change within yourself that will carry ripples of positive change into the lives of those around you and well beyond. For this one hour, I'm going to ask you to spend this time laughing with us and thinking about how the information that we present here today applies to you, not your significant other, your best friend, your child, your parent, or your coworker just you. You are the only person you can really change, and you are the only person that you are responsible for. You are the person that can truly make a difference. And I know you're busy. I'm busy, too. And we're all busy. We lead very, very busy lives, and sometimes we keep ourselves busy, confusing motion with accomplishment. Sometimes that busy simply distracts us. And it leads us away from the goals that we've set for ourselves or the focus that we have. Are you taking for granted the people in your life and the actions that you take that are most important to you? Are you spending your energy on things that don't really matter? What are the choices that you make in your world? How do you touch the lives of the people you meet? Do you create sunshine wherever you are? Let's start by making our own sunshine. What are you grateful for today? We had a wonderful soft rain over the weekend. And yeah, I know it was a holiday weekend, but we so needed that rain. And everything today is beautifully green with that fall color of green that's just a little different. I noticed that the sweet potato that I have in my garden, the one thing that I planted in my garden this year, doubled in size with that rain. It's so happy. I'm grateful for the laughter that I enjoyed last evening at the expense of a young raccoon who thought he should feed on my porch. We had an argument. I won, of course. (laughs) But it was hysterically funny to watch him as he ambled off at high speed. I'm also grateful for the amazing results that I got to witness yesterday with the use of hypnosis in a couple of clients. So grateful to watch that transformation take place. And of course, as always, I'm grateful for our sponsor, AT and T Mobility, who has been so gracious in supporting us in these last few months. And this morning, we have a wonderful guest, and I'd like to Um, introduce that guest now. His name is Brent Funderburg. He's been with us before. Brent was born in Charlotte studied at East Carolina University and has taught for 33 years in Nebraska and Mississippi. He's given many talks at museums and universities, has shown his art in 31-person shows, and was the official artist of the 2010 USA International Ballet Competition. This artist has been awarded the John Grisham Faculty Excellence Award and the Burlington Northern Excellence in Teaching Award at at m s u he's conducted workshops in art, writing, and creativity across the u s Good morning, Brent. How are you?
3: I am hypnotized, and I think that I'm a chicken. Thank you. <laughs> oh, Thank no. you for doing mm-hmm. that. You don't okay. come out of
0: my office clucking like a chicken or barking like a dog. It's bad for my business
3: <laughs> <laughs> okay, whatever, but i you know I like the eggs though, so I think I'll stay this way. okay, <laughs> okay. So, good morning.
0: Good morning.
3: Welcome back. Thank you. Thank you. Gosh, thousands of millions of things have happened since we last talked, but I feel like we've just been sitting here for a couple of minutes and we blinked.
0: Uh-huh. Yes. You've had a really exciting summer and I think I saw on your website that you'll be in China
3: next year.
0: Is that right?
3: I hope so. I've been invited to show artwork in China and talk as a visiting scholar in Beijing, and I'm super excited about that.
0: How cool. Well, we're talking this morning about creativity, and specifically we're going to go into the haiku um, as an expression of um, the creative life. So um, let's start out with just some, some generalities about creativity. You've done a, a project over the summer with your students. Let, let's hear about that, because that does lead us into haiku. You incorporated haiku twice <laughs> into that project.
3: Right, right. Um, well, you know, on my website, if anybody wants to get visual now with with sound, uh, there's a, a section called The Trip, T-R-Y-P, which is about a journey that students take through mind and painting, whose Destination is, I call the, the interface between mind and painting. And the trip, T-R-Y-P, it's on my website, it's BrentFunderburk.com. Perhaps you can spell that later. But um on, on the site, you'll see work, artwork by students that are visual haiku. They're triptychs, so the T-R-Y-P is a kind of a joke on triptych. And they go through a process that is surprising and familiar. They choose objects that are surprising and familiar, and they do processes that are surprising and familiar. And they end up in groups of three writing a haiku in the end about each of their works. And um, the haiku, like this trip, captures not just the conscious part of your life, but hopefully your dreams, your um, reflections, and uh, your unconscious. And so the the result is always startling. and We all fall in love with each other at the end.
0: (laughs) I'm all for anything where people fall in love with each other.
3: <laughs> all and right.
0: The peacefulness of our universe.
3: Yes, yes, absolutely. Uh so, you know, and you you named this program um Do you haiku? And so I wrote a little, I wrote a little haiku about that. It's pretty easy, but it goes like this. Sir, do you haiku? The stranger looked puzzled but said, "Yes, now I do." <laughs> 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 so, so Mary Beth, everything haikus. I think that's the startling thing. It's hard for us to keep alert all the time to the fact that this three line poem uh, is appearing everywhere at all all moments. And sometimes it's it's so uh, ubiquitous, so all around us, it's overwhelming. And perhaps that's how we should be in a calm state of being overwhelmed. Um, and and um, and yet, and I know I'm going on, but last night. Things were not haikuing, and I took a walk, and um, it was a haikuless night, very glo- gloomy and dark, and 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 I just couldn't find uh, a reason for today's radio show. I said, you know, gosh, why now? I'm just not feeling right, not good. My wife was sick, son was sick, took a walk, nothing was happening. Writing really gloomy things, not even haiku. The numbers wouldn't add up, and I got to a little country store not far from my house. And a new employee was there, and she was radiant. And I forgot all about my worries because of her radiance. I forgot because her smile was so bright. And I wrote a little haiku. I'm going to get this back to you real quickly. Her smile was so bright that I forgot my worries and remembered yours. And that was about you, Mary Beth. I saw your picture in my head from the the website of you smiling for your radio show. It's the only picture I've seen of you, so Mm -hmm. you're always smiling. Mm -hmm. And seeing that picture, I thought, you know what? Mary Beth is human, too. She has worries, and she has that smile. And, you know, reflecting off of that smile in my head, everything was okay, and I'm okay right now. And I want to thank you for your smile.
0: Good, that's wonderful you know the 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 smile um is so important, and i I think you know we talk about that many times on this show that that there are ripples that you carry, and if you simply choose to be light, if you choose to be sunshine. Other people will reflect that back, even in a difficult time, even in their own gloominess or their their moment of challenge. And so, I I appreciate you saying that, Brent. That is so neat.
3: Well, a haiku is—I'm sorry—a haiku is is the kind of a smile as way.
0: That's right. It is. I. I knew, I, I know how you are with, with improv and, and jumping in and I was trying to prepare as I was walking this morning and, and I, I was thinking about the structure of haiku and why that, why that helps in this, this world that can be overwhelming. How does the structure of haiku allow us to be creative
3: well, that's a great question. You know, simply, the haiku is a three-line poem, and the three lines are composed of five syllables in the first, seven in the second, and five syllables in the third. So, you know, you can use your fingers to count the syllables um, or not because it's not too difficult to think in that way. Some people have called the haiku a cup of tea. Uh, it's a simple uh, breath Rather than a long poem, and we think in little bits and bites like that. So, in our time of instant everything, when we're multitasked out, haiku is like a moment out of time alone with a cup of tea. It's fun and it's easy.
0: Mm hmm. Mm hmm. So, um, we have just a, a minute to go to break. Do you have. One more haiku or should I do the one that I had from
3: my walk this morning? <laughs> oh please, do the one from your walk. Please do that.
0: <laughs> well, you know, this is a um this is a morning that we have trash pickup. So right. I I saw morning garbage truck lurking in the street so big eats before dawn burp
3: <laughs> <laughs> Oh man, that is fantastic. <laughs> I can I can feel you I can feel you awakening watching the, the garbage truck on this misty day in Ohio I can see uh, that and then suddenly you burst out in laughter strangely in in this uh, strange dull world it's it's absolutely, amazing absolutely absolutely so we're going to take a short break now <laughs> okay great
0: you're listening to the Voice America Variety Channel stay tuned.
3: Now you don't have to stay linked to your desktop or laptop. Take Voice America on the go and listen anywhere. Get our mobile app for iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android
1: at the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. I just got AT&T, the nation's largest 4G network, and let me tell you, it's crazy fast. Like living in the future fast. My roommates can't keep up. Oh, Jenny, did you hear... That Barbara has an extra ticket to the concert... Lisa, that's so forty-two seconds ago. I already downloaded it from the link she sent me. Oh, great! Lisa will forget about that ticket soon. See, about fifty-two seconds ago, her boyfriend changed his relationship status to single. She doesn't know that yet, but she will in three, two, one. At and T,
3: rethink possible. Get it fast with At and T the nation's largest 4g network
1: introducing the new samsung galaxy note it's a phone it's a tablet it's both
0: and it's only from at&t
3: limited 4g lte availability and select markets learn more at att.com network new two-year voice agreement with qualifying monthly data plan required other charges
2: and restrictions apply for more details visit att.com note are you ready to make a change in your life would you like to discover the hidden obstacles to your success
0: Our guest is Brent Funderburk. He's um, a wonderful creativity stimulant for us this morning, and we're talking about haiku. Brent, take us into um, how one uses what you call a haiku spa.
3: Oh, my. Well, you were doing it this morning, kind of limited, and you didn't have a lawnmower, and a lawnmower is required, and it's a very inexpensive thing, maybe the price of gas and and uh, uh, a little effort, but on on the weekends, most of the time, I'll mow the lawn or cut the grass and push a lawnmower, not not self-propelled, but just pushing a lawnmower. And um, while I'm doing that, I am I am of course like everyone worrying and thinking and observing and trying to cut the lawn. And uh, as I walk, uh, haikus appear. There haikus are everywhere. Everywhere haikus. Haikus are in everything, and they're always trying to grab us and take us away from our ordinary worried mind. So I immediately start haikuing everything, every worry I have, every concern, anything sad or difficult. And then, of course, I begin to realize that haikus appear, a ring of mushrooms in the yard or the sweat on my brow and the coolness of a bit of wind. And so I am doing haikus every minute or two. And um, as I do those, I don't try to write them down. Obviously, I've got my hands on a dangerous piece of machinery. And so I, I release them. I let them go. And um, like my favorite haiku poet, Issa, uh, he said this little haiku that makes me think of my haiku when I'm cutting grass. And it goes like this. The first firefly swept away, leaving the wing... I'm sorry, I did that wrong. The first firefly swept away, leaving the wind in my hand. So haiku are not really meant to be things. They're often thoughts, and they f- they come and go. I don't try to write them down, but I get into the practice of translating my life into haiku, and it becomes a little neat, little tidy piece of art that helps solve the problem. Um, and... So I have thousands of haiku, and hopefully it prepares me to be spontaneous and make a haiku for any moment. And I have a hard time not seeing haiku. Woody Allen talked about the fact that he, he said, I can't draw a horse, but I can write jokes. And it's hard not to write one. I walk down the street, and everything is a joke. And so it's, it's really hard to stop it now. Um, you know, I could make one right now, and I want you to help me with it. I'm going to say something that I see, and then I want you to say something that you see. I don't know what you're seeing. You're probably in a dark, cavernous room. But um, I look out and see green. Uh,
0: light shines through the window. Nope. I need two more.
3: <laughs> it's, it's okay. And, you know, that was a haiku. Um, I look out and see green. Light shines through the window. And you said what after that? I I
0: said, I need two more. <laughs> and that's...
3: You said something like, uh-oh, I need two more. That was awesome. Yeah. I love that haiku. <laughs> that was a good one. Thank you for capping it, because the hard part is the end part, capping it. In, in ancient times, the haiku was not just a singular person writing in isolation. It was often a performance, a courtly gathering with a host, and you would be the host, and a visitor, a stranger could be a poet could be another visiting emissary, would gather, and there were others in the court, of course, and the famous story is that the salutation of the host started the first line of the haiku. The second line was the visiting poet, and then no one could cap it, the third line being the one that finishes it off and makes it beautiful or complete. And a guard, a lowly guard, somebody of a lower class, leaped forward and said, I have it. And... And they shushed him and made him feel like a fool, but he couldn't stop himself. And finally he came and he said this wonderful line, and everybody was floored by this lowly being. So often the the third thing, the capping, the final sort of finale of a haiku, comes from nowhere. Uh, it comes from a place we don't expect. It came from you frustrated at trying to count out five syllables in the end or seven in the middle. And that's the wonder of haiku. You you feel like there's another participant in this, and I'm going to say it's a divine participant. Um, And that's what surprises about the haiku, is that you start off like every human being, kind of worried and throwing a line out there. The second line might come, and then the third line comes from nowhere. Mm -hmm. And you can always anticipate it, and I recommend that you get up and cut the grass early tomorrow morning, Mary Beth Lodge. (laughs) And like your poem this morning, it will it will appear. The third line will appear. Mm-hmm. Have have faith.
0: Well, I have um, I have this image in my in my brain right now, of um, a cat that I see every day or most days as I walk, and he's a cat that lived in our um, our stray colony for a period of time, but he's found people. Yeah. Um. And. And he still, he greets me every morning when I walk by. And this morning I was in a hurry. I took my walk a little bit late and it was already quarter of and I knew I had to get home. And he saw me and he came trotting down the driveway and had to be petted. And when I tried to just, you know, pat him on the head and leave, he wasn't done. And he followed me. And I oh, no. I had to stop again, and I had to pet him, you know, and still, as I tried to walk away, he followed me again, and I thought, oh, no. you know, Julius deserves, that's his name, it's the name I've called him, I don't, they call him something else, but um, Julius deserves a haiku this morning, I just can't put it together yet.
3: <laughs> so you're working on that?
0: I'm working on that, my, my brain is, is trying to process this, this wonderful cat experience that I had this morning.
3: Well, you know, it's interesting. Sometimes haiku takes a while, even though it's three lines. It's a lot harder to write a short thing than a long thing. Although someone once said, "I would have written you a shorter letter if I'd had more time." Right? Mm-hmm. Right. So, so trying, right. trying, trying try to find that short thing. I mean, it's wonderful. My students going through this three week project, and then sitting together and trying to reduce this incredible infinite thing of life into into three lines, and. Um, so even though haiku are everywhere, so I'm reminded, and by, I'm giving you time right now to write that poem. In your... <laughs> I'm working on <at> it. <laughs> okay, um, so I, I love this one. This is about um, that sort of idea of, of infinity, and this is by Shiki, S-H-I-K-I, Examining 3,000 haiku, two persimmons. So he's talking about, and here I am a Western guy kind of interpreting this because, you know it's really more about the reflection than the interpretation. it's really about the amusement than the interpretation but but um it's they're they're everywhere, and maybe you skip the one that you're working on with the cat for a while, it'll come back because if it's important, you'll remember it, it's rememberable, and then you don't have to worry about it. There's no test on Friday, Mary Beth, okay. <laughs> Here's, here's another one. This is by Issa, my favorite poet. He makes me cry all the time. And it, it's I-S-S-A, and it goes like this. Thud, thud, upon the flowers drops the horse turd.
0: It's a poop haiku.
3: I'm sorry I had to do it. <laughs> someone, some One of your listeners was sleeping, and I had to wake them up. So. <laughs>
0: Oh of course you had to do that.
3: <laughs> yeah, I did. Sorry about that. <laughs> That's okay. <laughs> but you know, easy haiku, I say there's two there are two kinds of of haiku and this is my own invention because I'm an artist I can do that but haiku has a great history and evolution that we could talk about in another 10 shows but it comes from longer poems and it comes to this challenging corp thing but it originally the, the idea was that it was just a moment amusement, and so there's the waterfall type, which is something that just flows from the beginning to the end and talks about the same thing, and that's kind of fun and easy. But the other kind, which is the surprise haiku that has a koanic form, it's almost like the Zen idea of a koan or a riddle, it starts like this. A, there's a statement. B, there's a counter statement. So we imagine two people arguing. Then the third line comes in and either reconciles the first two lines, or it tells them that they're both wrong, and we're all surprised. So here's one by Niajo N A O S J O Niajo, and it goes like this: To pluck it is a pity, to leave it is a pity. Ah, this violet. <laughs> How beautiful. And there's that sort of disjunction in in ourselves about this or that, and mm-hmm. then it's resolved in this moment of of uh, wonder. In the end, ah, this violet, mm-hmm. the wonder of our duality.
0: I love the structure. You talked. Um the last time that, that we did a show, you talked about the painting. And it was nice to have the containment of a canvas to yeah. bring the creativity into a, a space. Right. And it, it seems to me that haiku gives us even more of that, kind of forcing mm-hmm. us to come to the essence of
3: that -hmm. creative moment. Yes. And I think, uh, you know, we talk about that containment, um, sort of boxing infinity. Um, I remember writing this one, and often I'll write them and I can't, I want to write them down, or I'll I'll think them and I want to write them down and I can't, but this one came to me. It's about the infinity of, of our relentless bombardment of life but trying to fit it into this little box of three little spaces whether it's visual or whether it's it's words and here's this one your dimensions known i seek to hold you like always the haiku shaped dawn Mm. how vast is the dawn what can we do about it like the vilo there's it's just more than we are and yet there it is there it there it is on, in that little point that we can hold in our hand. William Blake said, to hold eternity in an hour, infinity in the palm of your hand. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And there's a satisfaction to that.
0: That is so soothing. We have to take a break right now. So when we come back, we'll play some more haiku. You're listening to the Voice America Variety Channel. Stay tuned.
1: Find out which guests are being featured this week. Read our network press releases and read the blog posts from your favorite hosts. Go to iradioblog.com today. Powered by the Voice America Talk Radio Network.
2: Are you ready to make a change in your life? Would you like to discover the hidden obstacles to your success? Visit LastingLifestyleChange.com to request more information or a free consultation.
1: I just got AT&T, the nation's largest 4G network, and let me tell you, it's crazy fast. Like living in the future fast. My roommates can't keep up. Ooh, Jenny, did you hear... That Barbara has an extra ticket to the concert? Lisa, that's so 42 seconds ago. I already downloaded it from the link she sent me. Oh, great. Lisa will forget about that ticket soon. See, about 52 seconds ago, her boyfriend changed his relationship status to single. She doesn't know that yet, but she will in three, two, one.
3: AT&T, rethink possible. Get it fast with AT&T, the nation's largest 4G network.
0: Introducing the new Samsung Galaxy Note. It's a phone. It's a tablet. It's both. And it's only from AT&T.
3: Limited 4G LTE availability in select markets. Learn more at att.com network. New two-year voice agreement with qualifying monthly data plan required. Other charges and restrictions apply. For more details, visit att.com
2: note. The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com You are listening to What Matters with Mary Beth Lodge. To be a part of our discussion on today's program, please call one 472 5788 That's toll-free, 472 5788 Or send an email to marybethlodge at gmail.com. Now, back to What Matters.
0: Good morning, and thank you for joining me this morning on What Matters. Our guest this morning is Brent Funderburg, and we are playing with haiku. So... Uh- Brent, we were talking about the form of haiku. Uh, Take us a little deeper into that.
3: Well, it's interesting. You know, I communicated this. It is a conversation, a spontaneous conversation, um, usually between two or three people gathered. There's a painting by Hokusai, the guy who did the uh, great wave and uh, print, and we see him painting a Chinese poet who is alone on a mountain. He paints the Japanese poets who sort of, evolved the the haiku and there are three on a mountain and so this idea often is that it's a conversation and no one knows what the next one's going to say and it's kind of scary and kind of fun so and and i mentioned the fact that the three lines counter one another and then reconcile in a finale but there's something else too between each line is a breath and like a cup of tea you know you sip and you breathe and you sip and you breathe there's a, a moment of silence, a quick moment of silence, a pause. And that thought pause, or sezira is often the place where you get what the Japanese call the kirichi, or a cutting word. And the cutting word is often a dramatic word that makes you stop and wonder. And it, uh, it, it, it often occurs at the end of the first sentence or the second sentence. So um, an example might be, um, you know, surprising-wise, um, something like this. If you are tender, the young sparrows will poop on you. That was Issa. That was Issa. Um, and, uh, or, or here's another one. I scooped up the moon in my water bucket and spilled it on the grass. And I don't know who wrote that. That's anonymous. I can't find it. So, so you, you you hear the kind of the solidity of each line, because each line is an observation or a statement. I scooped up the moon, okay, Mm -hmm. in my water bucket and spilled it, so there's something unresolved in the second line. You know, maybe you felt like you you spilled it or it spilled on you. And then, you know, the last line sort of brings us back to, but it's okay. And, you know, and that works for not just funny stuff, but I think it works for very serious and sad stuff. It helps me when I'm worried and something bad or sad has happened to write a haiku. So we're not just talking about happy, fun, amusement. And maybe we don't feel like writing a haiku when we're sad, but I had a retinal displacement um, or detachment this spring and had to be lying down for about two months, and that was a haiku spa as well. Sometimes I said, I just don't feel like writing a haiku. I feel too bad. But waiting in the doctor's office, I wrote about 400 haikus. I'm probably going to publish it and win the Nobel Prize. (laughs) <laughs> but w- w- waiting for the friggin' doctor, um, I wrote hundreds of haiku that were about sadness, about uh, about waiting, about will it ever get better? And you know, here here's one of them. It goes like this: the black and white eye of Andy Griffith watches us wait for the doc. This is mm-hmm. a television. Mm-hmm. Right? Mm-hmm. Um, here's one about. Here's one that I wrote about my mom. Almost the same day same spot the yellow crocus a year since you died
0: oh and that that says everything I mean it, it contained in that tiny little poem there is so much emotion so much knowing and it's so easy to share it to to grab it as the listener
3: and that's why it could be a salutation, Mary Beth, and instead of walking by and saying, good morning, and someone says, good morning, you know, we, we have these habits. The ancient way would be, let's say, poet Basho is on the road walking, and he doesn't know where he's going to sleep tonight. He's a, he's a haiku poet, but he sees someone in a field, and he greets them, and he attempts to honor them in the greeting and say something that, that hasn't been said and to alert them to the wonder of their meeting. And then the the fellow that, that Basho greets says something back, and Basho caps the poem, and guess what? Now he has a place to sleep that night and, and a meal. You know, if our lives were that conditional, that we would have to uh, um, come up with something new and fresh, a new form of love or art for each person that we meet, of course that would be impossible. Maybe we could do it a little bit more instead of the old routine and mm-hmm. and we would live in wonder perhaps in this conversation as opposed to publishing a book of haiku which is something I don't want to do. I would rather get to know you better, Mary Beth, and that's the real purpose of the haiku. Mhm.
0: And what an honoring way. I mean, I'm I'm just thinking of that. I'm you know, I'm trying to put that into context of my walk. You know, I especially these days because our school is already in session. And so as I walk, I see children on the corner. And, you know, I try to honor them by making eye contact, stopping to talk with them, um, encouraging them to have um, a wonderful day at school. I had a, an encounter this morning with, with three young children, um, one of whom was showing me a, a buckeye that he found that had obviously been cut by the lawnmower, and,
3: yeah.
0: and you know, and but that was his treasure this morning, and oh, man. you know the the one of the two girls and they looked to be twins, they were just adorable. One of them wanted me to um, acknowledge her shirt that she was wearing, and you know that that little encounter, I I want to honor people that i meet even if i never see them again and and i'm thinking of that what you just described of the poet walking walking down the road and stopping to honor someone he sees in the field
3: and, oh yes and 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 what a morning you had we talk about honor it's 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 also that you listen to them because guess what the haiku comes as a gift it comes from someone else if we're listening, Annie Dillard, I, I love the book Pilgrim at Tinker, Tinker Creek by Annie Dillard, and she writes about the two ways to find things, or the two ways to hunt. She says there are two ways. One is to stalk, S-T-A-L-K, stalk, and the other is to wait. And you can't really be doing both at once. You can't be stalking and waiting. And so on your walk, of course, you look for things, and oh you're You're also finding things and listening. And, you know, you took time to watch, without doing anything, the trash guys. And you took time to listen to this young child with the buckeye. And guess what? You know what you got for it? You got got endorphins kicking off inside you, right? But you also got haiku. Because you have now a cornucopia of haiku coming from these unforgettable memories that happen to you on an everyday walk. That could happen every day of your life. Mm -hmm. Mm
0: -hmm. And that brings us back around to creativity. That, you know, creativity isn't something that you, you know, sit in silence and wait for it to strike. (laughs) (laughs) Right. You know, creativity is seeing your world with the beginner's eye.
3: Yes wow, here's, you know, it's hard to do that alone. Like, I'm going to see the world in a wondrous way. So you kind of have to walk a path where you're going to bump into unexpected things like you did this morning. And, and of course, you've got to get home by the third line, right? You've got somehow by the end of this haiku walk, you got to get home. You've got a radio show and people expecting you. But walk a little bit of a different path each day. And And there's a wonderful poem that I, <laughs> wait, I'm giving myself credit. I thought somebody else wrote it, but I did. But it goes like this, famous, cracked, Famous Cracked Road, I'll go around this time and make a new road. And that was about, you know, road construction, okay? Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. um, You know, so I think that aspect of of wonder, where do we find it? My students, I asked them in this project called The Trip, T-R-Y-P, I asked them to bring a chosen object. Now, I used to ask them to bring a sacred object, and they brought... Crosses and Buddhas and pictures of their boyfriend. And I, it was just too loaded. So I said, <laughs> so I said, bring a chosen object. Just choose an object, okay? And just that alone, you know, one object out of your life. And so they bring something. And usually it has a much more profound meaning than I, if I said sacred object. Well, they bring that. There are three objects in the trip. They've got to make a three part painting. One of the objects is chosen. The other object is a random object. I come in with old National Geographic's and pass it around and have them, without looking, tear a page out of the National Geographic. And there, of course, is an image, and they almost always say, oh, no, mm-hmm. oh n- not, not this, no. And all of the ones online on, on my website under the trip, you'll see those images as well, the actual images. Then there's a third object, and I have them set their alarm clocks for 3.33 a.m., and usually it's between a Thursday and a Tuesday class, so they have several chances to do this. And they set their alarm, and I tell them to write down whatever they're dreaming about at 3.33 a.m. For some reason, that's a good time. And, you know, I didn't know these students until they came into the class, and, and they were all talking before I got there about their dreams. And they were just going nuts talking about these most incredible masterpieces of, of fiction that occurred in their, in their minds. And, so, and then I lead them through. I guide them at first because the chosen object is a task. I teach them a method to deal with the chosen object. And the random object has to be repeated several times, and they can choose the ways. But I never talk to them about the dream. I never tell them how that has to come into the painting, and I don't want to bring it up. But I promise you, in the end, they have dealt with that because I keep saying the three objects. And they deal with it in a way that no one could have predicted, and we're all surprised. At the end, and so you know, I'm I'm shocked that I get paid to do this. This visual <laughs> haiku is like I should be paying these people. This is so much fun. Mm-hmm.
0: Mm-hmm. I noticed there was one I I haven't seen the paintings yet on your website, but I did. You did send me the haiku. Portion the text yeah. portion, and I noticed there was one that must have had nightmares because of the, the yeah. wording in the haiku. It must have been something that that was, they were struggling with or that was uncomfortable for them.
3: You got to see the painting because it is a very difficult. You know, you, you you hope to show your best face, and students are trying to be nice and smiling. But it's amazing they they dig deeply down into their psyches of the things that are really on their. On their mind and on their heart. Um, let me throw this one at you, because um, if you have that point, maybe we'll read that. But this is this one again. After my mom's death, I read this, and this is the most striking thing that I've ever read. And it, it's about um, it's about someone who has lost a wife, and it goes like this. And it's by Uson, B U S O N. The piercing chill I feel, my dead wife's comb. In our bedroom, under my heel, hmm. you know, and you try to visualize that. It's a movie. It's a novel, uh, mm-hmm. and I and I told that to my dad after my mom passed away, and and there was so much silence after I said that. I do, I, I I don't know what happened then. I just think we were both in this very deep, quiet place together yeah. over the over the phone. The piercing chill I feel. My dead wife's comb in our bedroom under my heel.
0: Wow. And you're right. That's a novel. That's just, that, that takes us right into that grief. So, um, again, I'm, I'm always struck by how much emotion you can contain in three lines of poetry. How dramatic, how moving, and how all-encompassing, just to contain it into that form. And, Fred, I'm really sorry, but we have to take a break. Oh, my. I know. Unfair. I know. <laughs> we'll be back. You're listening to the Voice America Variety Channel. Stay tuned.
2: Mary Beth will design a program specific to your goals, lifestyle, and personality. You'll develop a specific action plan to follow. You'll learn practical and easy strategies to move through your obstacles and reach your goals Visit LastingLifestyleChange.com to request more information or a free consultation.
1: I just got AT&T, the nation's largest 4G network, and let me tell you, it's crazy fast. Like living in the future fast. My roommates can't keep up. Oh, Jenny, did you hear? That Barbara has an extra ticket to the concert? Lisa, that's so 42 seconds ago. I already downloaded it from the link she sent me. Oh, great. Lisa will forget about that ticket soon. See, about fifty-two seconds ago, her boyfriend changed his relationship status to single. She doesn't know that yet, but she will in three, two, one. AT&T, rethink possible.
3: Get it fast with AT&T, the nation's largest 4G network. Introducing the new
0: Samsung Galaxy Note. It's a phone. It's a tablet. It's both. And it's only from AT&T.
3: Limited 4G LTE availability in select markets. Learn more at att.com network. New two-year voice agreement with qualifying monthly data plan required. Other charges and restrictions apply. For more details, visit att.com note. stimulating talk it gets those synapses in the brain firing really fast.
2: All the time, the number 1 internet talk station where your opinion counts. Voiceamerica.com. You are listening to What Matters with Mary Beth Lodge. To be a part of our discussion on today's program, please call 1-866-472-5788. That's toll-free, 1-866-472-5788. Or send an email to marybethlodge at gmail.com. Now, back to What Matters.
0: Good morning, and thank you for joining me this morning on What Matters. Our topic has been haiku. Our guest is Brant Vunderburg. Nah, I can't even pronounce it anymore, Funderberg. <laughs> <laughs> and, Brent, with that, you better spell out the website because I'm going to mess
3: it up. <laughs> okay. Well, if you're looking for the website brentfunderburk.com, which has a lot of paintings and there's some games and student projects, it's B-R-E-N-T-F-U-N-D-E-R-B-U-R-K, brentfunderburk.com. Thanks.
0: Mm-hmm. And on that, you of course, you have this wonderful project called The Trip. And the, both the poetry and the paintings are there. And it's it's beautiful to look at the form that 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 project um, took. Now, you know, you have some some wonderful stories about the sharing that took place in that class. And in this last segment, as we're we're kind of wrapping up, tell us about kind of the culmination, the presentation. How those students, um, what surprises did they encounter as they? they did their final presentations?
3: Well, I'm finding, Mary Beth, Mary Mary Booth, that uh, (laughs) that the uh, presentation uh, or, or any kind of learning in a classroom or between people is not often this talking head standing before people tell them what to do, but I let them teach themselves. So in the process, there's a lot of splashing in the painting process where they get stuff from their splashing on other people's projects. So they have to bond. They find ways to bond. But in the very end, of course, it's a conversation. They get together, and one student tells everything they know about these three objects and what has happened to them along this journey, along this road, before they write the haiku together. And so uh, and the other uh, student tells all about what they know. Now, Me, I'm up writing haiku. There's nothing for me to do. I'm getting paid, and uh, I'm doing nothing while they're talking. And then they come up with this haiku, they help each other come with a haiku and it's great to see their chicken scratch before they come to it. But you know, when they come to it, there's a real plateau. There's a real sort of resonation. Everything comes into tune and you know, that's just right. That's the haiku and they could tear up the paintings and just keep the haiku and have new friends. Are you still there? Yes. <laughs> okay, good. And so, and you know, so to me, I'm just kind of left this invisible guy and they all walk off sort of hand in hand crying and saying haikus. And that's the way I want I want to just disappear. Like um, one of the haiku poets says, when I die, I'll just walk into a painting. I'll just, you know, a painting of mountains, and I'll be gone. No one will know that I've gone. So something about the passing on of this firefly, and then you're left with wind in your hand. But we've all experienced the firefly. Um, there's another great little poem that goes like this. And I don't know who wrote it, and I apologize, but it goes like this. That's understandable. That's understandable as if it were hot, a young girl holds a firefly, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, and and it's almost like they've made their own fire, Mary Beth. They've made their own lives. That's the best thing that teaching can do. It's not for you to teach them; for them to teach themselves. That's what I'm left with. And and you're not going to get away with not telling me your poem about Julius the cat that you told me about <laughs> earlier. You're working on all during this thing. Have you got that figured out? I do. Okay, Orange go
0: cat. Orange cat runs near touch me pet me love you so leaving so soon no
3: <laughs> <laughs> that's great and you've got a friend for life here's another uh-huh. cat point okay. okay and it's by it's by shiki how awful they have broken the stone wall cats in love <laughs> <laughs> Well, we could go on and on. I have some great Elvis Wait. haikus and, and poop haikus. Okay, what, how, should we, how should we cap I, this?
0: I think we have to have at least one Elvis haiku.
3: Okay, here's, here's an Elvis haiku written in Mississippi, where, where, where is my home. And by the way, Mississippi is the center of the universe. I didn't know if you Ohioans knew that with your Buckeyes and stuff. All right, but here's the Elvis one. Elvis still sings over small talk, cheap fried food Mindless timelessness. That's my my Elvis point. All right.
0: (laughs) Yep, I got that one.
3: (laughs) Okay, good.
0: And I I did not know from Ohio that Mississippi was the center of the world. Well, I've been enlightened this morning.
3: (laughs) You'll you'll have to come visit me and find out. Okay. (laughs) All right.
0: Okay, we have three minutes left. What else
3: do we want to cover in three minutes? (laughs) Here's another one from the really bad restaurant that I wrote to Elvis uh, Haiku from. So confident, my spork slashes her way through the plastic wrapper, but chicken says no. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. I have to end on silly stuff. Even though I want to say something in the end about about the divine in this, because, you know, a a haiku is a joke, it's an amusement, it can be a poem, it can be a question, it can be a song, but it's also a prayer. And this morning, feeling like, I always do when I get up, like, what the heck? You know, what the fudge? When you get up, I wrote three poems about God, three haikus about God, and they go like this. I try to get by with life's little failing things without you, my God. And here's another one. I'm going to shut up. Take me to silence your deep, ponderous heart, Lord, where haikus are born. And I've got one more. Forever dripping my sink, I cannot stop it like you, dear Father. Ooh. Ooh that's
0: beautiful. I'm you, thankful. You, you said that when you wrote about the haiku spa when you when you sent your email to me you said that you contained your prayers in haiku and i wondered how you did that and you just answered that question for me amen yes wow that is so beautiful well Thank you. i'm i am not sure we can do anything past that that is That is just gorgeous. So let me just say to our listeners now, um, you've played with this. You've heard all kinds of instruction and example of haiku. Play with this today. See where it takes you. And see what you can give to another and honor them with your own poem. This is the day you have been given Make it a great day.
2: Thanks again for joining us for What Matters. Be sure to tune in again next Wednesday morning at 6 a.m. Pacific Time, 9 a.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. We'll help you continue to make a difference next week.